Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. And this week on the show, we have True Taylor. Yes, we do. And it's another one of our new, um, newer artists um, or newest, newer writer podcast, um, the part of that series. And um, we could stop here and edit what I just said, but we're just going to keep going because <laughs> why not? Uh, <laughs> but True actually just published her, her first book under this pen name in July. So yeah. she is... Yeah, she is published in 2021. She's done amazingly well. And uh, that was due to a lot of planning Mm -hmm. and just our positive attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 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 We talked about like like, because she had published under a different pen name earlier. So this is a Mm -hmm. new pen name that she's launched and she's kept them both separate Mm -hmm. so that they're, you know, her ocelots wouldn't be. Right. Because that was a different genre. And Mm -hmm. also, she was not unsuccessful with that right. other pen name. She just felt like she wanted to write something different and fun. So now she's writing rom-com mm-hmm. and um, doing yeah, but, just really well. Yeah. So we talked to her about the differences in her marketing plan for each pen mm-hmm. name and mm-hmm. kind of what she's done recently and right. um, like how she stays positive right. um, when all this 2020, 2021 craziness that's going mm-hmm. on and, it's really good. Lots of good tips, like really practical things you can do if you're launching mm-hmm. a, a new series mm-hmm. and then lots of like mindset things, which right. is, you know, mindset is everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is everything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was great. So what have you been doing this week? Well, uh, Sarah and I couldn't decide which one of us should answer this first because we're both like, what have we been doing? <laughs> um, no, I've, I have been putting the finishing touches on my 20 book speech. Um, and that's it's been really be fun because fantastic. I'm sure. Yeah, it, it, well, it's what I wish I'd known about indie publishing, but I've gone back through the podcast and just pulled out a few quotes from some of the guests and, um, that's been so fun. To, mm-hmm. I'm just so glad we did this podcast. I, <laughs> I just love it. But um, but it was fun. It's been fun going through and listening and pulling out those quotes and stuff. And we've just had some great people on this podcast. So if you're new or um, you're kind of dealing with something, go back and look at our list of our previous guests because um there's it's lots of topics we've covered. Lots of topics like, and lots of really good information. I mean, mm-hmm. I would have given anything to have <laughs> some of that information. In some the of these resources, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're coming up on our 100th episode. We I are. No, I know. Um, let me check because I yeah, usually no, write we it don't down. ever. I don't ever so look at it. This one will be episode 94. This will be episode 94. <laughs> I can't believe it. Anyway, so I've done that and I'm knitting. I don't how yeah. is the knitting going? The knitting is going well. I have a, I can only knit a straight line. So it's either a scarf or, an, or a blanket. And what I'm knitting is somewhere between the two. I'm knitting this thing like I live in the Arctic. It's huge, but it's a scarf. And um but really, it is just for fun and to kind of have another creative kind of outlet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, but the problem has been I've been really into foreign shows that are oh, yeah. have subtitles, and I can't knit and watch those shows because I have to keep up with both things. Like it I is. have to watch my knitting, you know, every yeah, time. and I cannot read, you know. The, I don't I know. read real fast. Me too. So I, yeah. Me too. I'm into the foreign crime dramas, especially the French ones. And it's like, you really, you can't do anything else except yeah. watch those. Yeah. And um, I've got my whole family watching them now. It's yeah. so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> and then of course the Astros are in the, in the um, world series. World series. So that's what we're doing on the nights they play. And I have my Astros shirt on today, even though they don't play today. Uh, but um yeah, so that's that's kind of what we've been doing. Just uh, we have a wedding, a family wedding this weekend that we're we've been getting ready for too. Also, I have been 
a lot of my energy has gone to, and do not judge me for this, but has gone to deciding what I'm going to wear to 20 bucks that will um, accommodate my. It's a crucial know, question for all women. Yeah, COVID spread that, uh, yeah, <laughs> that I allowed to happen. So, oh my goodness. That's yeah. always, that's always a huge deal when you go to a conference. Yeah. Of what yeah. are you going to wear? I yeah, I, I totally get it. Totally and, get it. And are my feet going to hurt? And am I going to be too hot? Because I'm, I'm yeah. never too cold. Um, am I going to be too hot? <laughs> are my feet going to hurt? I mean, you know, it's stupid stuff like that. So, yeah, I know y'all wanted to hear that this week. So, well, anyway, we, what are you doing, Sarah? <laughs> well, we keep it real, right? <laughs> we do. <laughs> um, so this week, the French book one launched. Oh, it yeah. launched um, today, actually, was the day oh, wow. it actually went live. And I checked and I've had five or six sales. So I'm like, that's very cool for me because I really didn't have a French list of, Mm -hmm. you know, I have some readers who speak French. And so I announced it to my list and I'm sure some of, I did hear from some of my readers that they had purchased it, which I thought Mm -hmm. was very sweet because they'd read it in English and they wanted to support me. So that was very cool. So working on that and, um, Sometime we should do a show. Maybe we should do a roundup show for this year, what we've learned this year, because yes. I've learned a lot about translations and just small, tiny things that are so yes. helpful once you learn them. So maybe oh, we should great. put all yeah, that that's in. that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we could do a big roundup of what we've learned and what I could talk about. That is one of mm-hmm. the things. So did that. So that was exciting. And um, yeah. Oh, I had some, I mean, I have nothing really else going on. I'm writing. I'm doing the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the translations and um, working on some Pinterest. Uh, one of our other guests that we talked to, Vicki Tate, she said mm, she's yes. doing some Pinterest. So I'm running some Pinterest ads. So I'll let y'all know how that goes. Okay. I'm just like dabbling, just oh. like doing one or two. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I've been kind of diving into that, listening some, to some podcasts about mm-hmm. Pinterest advertising and stuff. So it's very interesting. And mm-hmm. the thing that I like about it that sounds good to me is that mm-hmm. You put your pin up there and it's always there to be discovered. How, you know, right. like on most social media, it just right. disappears after a while, but mm-hmm. this, your pin stays there. So if somebody searches for a certain keyword and you're using that keyword, right. your pin can be found. And it's not about interacting with people. It's not about like, how many friends do you have? It's like, what information can you share? Yeah. What, you know, Hey, here's some books that you might like about the 1920s. So, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So, that's really so I'm looking great. into that. So I'm doing a little research on that, and then um, let's see. There was one other thing. Oh, big news! Uh, mm-hmm. Draft to digital. Their books mm-hmm. to read links. Yes, yes. We now have print links. I'm so so excited because I've been asking yes. for this for a couple of years. Yeah. And um, I mean, and they're like to so shut helpful. Sarah up. We're doing this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I keep She's asking so and I keep, yeah. <laughs> keep saying no, no, no. So, so we finally that's got great. that. I'm really excited about that. That's so great. that's really good news. That's great. I forgot to say my free run that I did. Oh yeah. How did that I go? got nearly 15,000 downloads. <gasps> I can't wow. remember the exact number, mm-hmm. uh, but it was close to 15,000. And um, I was very happy about that. Um the promos, I'm happy to talk about which promos I did, but I don't okay. have that list in front of me right now. So maybe next time. Yeah. Uh, but I was just super, super, super happy. I can tell you that on the free booksy day, I had 5,000 downloads, 5,200, I think. So oh, that's great. Really happy about that. Yeah. I, um, and what I'm seeing is there's, I don't like, I had a little dip. Tuesday and Wednesday of the book, the book I just put out. And now that book has gone right back to where it was because of, you know, I think read through even now. And so um, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm glad I did it. I will do it again. I don't know, but maybe because it's kind of a good, it's a good strategy to keep things really even. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I was going to look, um, Go back to our question of the week last week. We asked mm-hmm. about how did you find your editor and cover artist? So mm-hmm. I was going to read out a couple of comments. Yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. like the majority of people, it's like, you know, personal recommendations or recommendations in groups. That's always mm-hmm. good. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Kimberly says she looked up book cover designers on Pinterest. There's Pinterest Mm -hmm. coming up again and scrolled their website and then asked authors I followed on Instagram. And then Alexa said I used uh, Readsy to find one editor and met another at a conference. She says, I've taken to stalking the authors doing well in my space to see who does their covers, which I think that's probably the best thing you can do. I think that's so smart. Yeah. And this is a small tip that people, I guess they don't think of this. If you go to the look inside Mm -hmm. of a book, Mm -hmm. a lot of times the cover artist will be listed inside, you know, on on the the copyright copyright page. page. Mm -hmm. Yes. I do that. Yeah. I know. And so that's how, and I hear people email me all the time saying, you know, Hey, who does your covers? And I'm like, it's in the book. Yeah, you don't even have to buy the book. You can just yeah. do the look inside and see. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, and that's, that's, a, what, that's a great tip. Yeah. So that's yeah. what um, Heather Gilbert said as well, that she uses the look inside. Another recommendation from Reedsy from Catherine. So lots of good ideas and thanks to everybody who responded. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's helpful to people who are looking for cover designers and editors. Yeah. yeah. So what's our question of the week going to be? I think we talked at the end of this interview about positivity, staying positive in mindset. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. So I think we should say something like, how do you stay positive? How do you, um, what, what, how should we phrase it? Um, yeah. How do you stay positive? I mean, do you use affirmations? Do you, um, do you meditate? Um, how do you stop those negative feelings from kind of taking over? And those voices that kind of can dominate your life. So yeah. All right. Well, we should get on with the interview. Yes, let's do. All All right. right. Here we go. Bye. Today, we're super excited to have True Taylor with us. Hi, True. How are you? Hi, doing good. Yes, we're really glad you're here. Um, True has uh, been without power, and um, so she had a fire in her yard. So we're happy she's made it onto the podcast. And I'm happy you can't see me. I'm glad it's just audio. <laughs> we're all happy about that. Yeah, we all are all, all happy about that. <laughs> all right, well, let me read your bio, and then we'll get into the questions. Um, Award-winning romance author True Taylor writes romantic comedies to make you swoon, smile, and sometimes snort with laughter. She runs on Diet Coke and dark chocolate. She's my Mm -hmm. kind of girl. Mm -hmm. She lives her lunches with her girlfriend and drives to town to the beach to the town beach several times a week to watch the sunset over the water. True is the author of the Eastport Bay small town rom-com series and loves living in a small New England town where she's surrounded every day by the beautiful coastal setting you see brought to life in her books. Very good. Yes. And I've read some of True books, True's books and she does bring it to life. I, I felt like I was there because um, my husband's family is from kind of the Northeast of so their Cape Cod and then in Maine. And so when you were uh, describing some of this, I was like, oh, I've seen those, I've seen those sites. So that's cool. So tell us how you got into writing. Uh, well, I was always a, a writer in some form or another. Um, Right out of college, I went into TV news and I was Mm -hmm. a reporter and news anchor. So I was always doing some form of writing, but um, uh, just a few months after graduating in my first job, uh, I covered a murder trial that I thought was super interesting. I thought it would make a great book. And I started trying to write a book and then I realized I have no idea how to write a book. <laughs> it's, it's so different from yes. broadcast writing where your whole goal is to make everything as, as succinct as possible. Yes. And um, so I could, you know, I had what I thought was a pretty good first chapter. And then I got about five chapters in and I thought, I have no idea what to do. How on earth mm-hmm. do you finish a book? So I literally, you know, went to the library and tried to check out books on how do you write a book and um I don't, they, they weren't very, they didn't help me all that much. This was a while ago and um, there were no writing blogs or anything mm-hmm. back then. So I kind of kept trying over the years. Right. I started about six novels and I never really could get past a few chapters because I had no idea about story structure. Mm-hmm. I read a lot, but it was just kind of a mystery to me how people got from the, the beginning right. to the end. So it right. wasn't until um, I quit my TV career to stay home with my kids and uh, by that time, thankfully, writing blogs had come along and they were so clear about, they were just so simple to understand. And mm-hmm. I, I went from one to the other and started getting really deep about learning story structure and then finding some writing books about how you actually structure a novel. So right. um, 
yeah. So that it, it took me, uh, I was, I was over 40 by the time I really got to dig in and uh, learn about uh, how you write a story and fi- actually finish a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. great though. I love those yeah. stories. Yeah. I had kind of the same experience where I, I knew how to start a book, but I had no idea what to do after chapter that two part. or three. The mysterious middle. Yeah. So I'm, I know people will wonder, are there any um, writing books that you still remember that were extremely helpful to you that you would recommend now, or is it all just kind of a blur? <laughs> no, well, Save the Cat was the first one that mm-hmm. uh, saved me. Um, <laughs> I met somebody at a writing conference and she was talking about it. I had never heard of it. It was my first writing conference and uh, she sat with me at lunch and I was like, thank you. So um, I, I have read so many craft books, but that one got me started. And then probably my very favorite one takes that book and then gets really uh, in depth. It goes further with it. It helps you plot basically scene by scene. And it's called my story can beat up your story. (laughs) And it's by Jeffrey Allen Schechter. It's also a, it's a screenwriter book uh, essentially, but it, it turns out great novels. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how long did it take you to write your first book after you kind of figured out the structure? Um, well, the, the first book uh, that I finished took me six months writing about three hours a day. I, I started writing when I put my kids to bed and mm-hmm. then I would write until my husband got home from work at midnight. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it took me six months, but then it took me about two years to edit that book because I had made so many mistakes and I was learning the craft and every time that was my little project book, you know, every time I learned something new about writing, I would go in and edit that book. And, um, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't recommend that (laughs) 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 It's better to move on to another book. I I learned so much by finally moving on and starting other books. Like I never did finish that, figure that one out until I had written several other books. Then I knew enough to go back and fix that book. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yes, Very good. It's hard to fix that first book. <laughs> yes. Was yes. it that crime book or was it a different book? Uh, the, the crime book was the second book that I wrote. Oh. I, did, I never forgot that. I did go ahead and finish that. No, the, um, it was called Hidden Deep. It was a young adult fantasy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was def- it was not the first book I published, but it was the first book I finished. Okay. All it right. needed fixing before it was ready to go out in the world. Right. <laughs> now, remind me, were you traditionally published or have you always done, been indie published? I've always been indie. Um, mm-hmm. I did start wanting to traditionally publish mm-hmm. because I, I sort of grew up as a baby writer in RWA. Yeah, me everybody, too. Every, yeah, everybody around me was um, going traditional. And mm-hmm. um, I was blessed to be a Golden Heart finalist two years in a row. And so all like all of my Golden Heart sisters um, were published, mm-hmm. you know, and they were all traditional. And it, to me, it just seemed like that's that's the thing you want. But then I sort of I started getting bombarded mm-hmm. from all these different sides with information about indie publishing. And I just started mm-hmm. thinking that this is the way I need to go. Yeah. <laughs> it felt very revolutionary at the time mm-hmm. because of who I was surrounded with. And yeah. I did, I had an agent, I had a book out on sub mm. and I told her, Hey, I'm going to self publish while that's happening because I just felt like it was kind of the wave of the future. And I- I'm not sorry. At all. <laughs> no, no. I'm so glad. Yeah. I have no interest in traditional anymore. Not at all. Well, um, so you're part of our new author series, though you're not a new author. You've been doing this a while. And um, so let's talk about like when you first started, did you have a marketing plan? And then we'll talk about your new author stuff, which is under a pen name that you've you've just recently uh, released under. It is totally different. These, mm-hmm. what's happening with these two pen names. Um, mm-hmm. With that one, I did have a plan. I just followed um, some of what other authors said that they were doing mm-hmm. on blogs and um, some information I had gotten at an RWA workshop mm-hmm. where I, my plan was to write in a series, you know, write romance, obviously, write in a series. Mm-hmm. Um, I did sort of this soft launch thing where 
I basically did zero advertising for book one Mm -hmm. because everybody said, um, your ROI is just not as good if you um, only have one book out. So I basically put book one out and kind of ignored it and put book two out. And then I dropped book one to 99 cents and started running Mm -hmm. some really low budget Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. And that started working. And then when book three came out, I made book one free and Mm -hmm. really started running ads. And we were, it was kind of off to the races. So, yeah. And, um, also applied for a book bub feature deal, which I got when mm-hmm. I had the three books out. I wish mm-hmm. I had waited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it became a 10 book series and boy, that would have yeah, been, that would have been nice. Yeah. 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 Well, that's uh, great. And and that was in a completely different genre though than romance or wasn't it? it that was young adult fantasy, mm-hmm. very romantic young adult fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did end up continuing that series, but I, I, I did it totally different than I have done the true Taylor mm-hmm. launch. Um, I have always been uh, risk averse. My husband would say, (laughs) 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 so, um, you know, like I said, with that name, I just did very low ad spend and then built up Mm -hmm. and built up. And at that time Mm -hmm. I could get like a three times return on my sometimes five Mm. on whatever I spent on Facebook ads. Um, And so that was that was yeah. with the first the first series that you were yes. yeah 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 so i you know i did do i've done the mark dawson facebook ads course and maria louise did one mm-hmm. that i took and i went to sky warren's um presentation at rwa in denver on facebook ads so i that was my main um focus for advertising right yeah right uh-uh. Well, should we ask now about how that compares to the marketing you've done for yes. the net net for your newer series? Yes. Um, uh, let's see. So, I, I mentioned I've been risk averse. <laughs> <laughs> tried to get over that um, for this pen name because I think things are even more competitive now. I was not nearly on the front end of you know of self publishing. Um, I didn't start until. 2015. Mm. So, um, but still it was easier. I do think it was, there was less competition then than there is now. Right. This new genre is very, very competitive, um, contemporary romance, rom-com. So, um, I listened to what a lot of presenters had said at the Ram conference that I went to, um, where they said, spend your, uh, ad budget in the first week. Basically, if you're going to do ads, just throw it all at the front end and try to help your rankings get up there and and get some notice. So I, you know, gritted my teeth, (laughs) (laughs) girded your loins, so to speak. Yeah. And, and did that. And it it worked out really, really well. Um, Mm -hmm. The other other part of the strategy is I am putting out a book a month. I started Mm -hmm. in July and I had, um, several books already written. Mm -hmm. I needed to revise them. So it's still been, I felt like I've been under the gun the whole time, but it was doable. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't write that fast. I write Mm -hmm. pretty fast. I don't write that fast. So Mm -hmm. um, the last book that I have already ready to go will come out in November. And after that, I'm going to go to at least two months between releases, maybe three. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try two months and see if I can pull it off. So anyway, so fast releasing and then spending my ad budget up front. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Oh, go ahead, sir. I was going to say, how long did it take you to prepare for the rapid release? Because did you have several banked and then you released? And then, so how long did it take you to get to that point before you were ready to go? Probably about six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of, um, yeah. And I had to, you know, I had to set up the new, website and social media. I, I kind of have limited social media yeah. uh, at this point uh, with the other pen name. I did all the things. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, uh, I've tried to narrow my focus a little bit. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Right. Yeah. And then did you have a newsletter before you, uh, for this pen name before you released? Uh, yes. And I should mention that one major part of my strategy was hiring a a smart coach. <laughs> yes, you should mention that. I wonder who that could have been. I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I knew I knew through mutual friends and through listening to your amazing podcast, which I've been addicted to since it started, that Jamie launched very well mm-hmm. in this genre. Mm-hmm. And everybody who was I was listening to who was talking about what Jamie was doing said she she was so on brand, she just nailed it from the beginning. And that's what I wanted to do because I did so much flailing with that first pen name and did so many things wrong. I wanted to do things right from the get-go this time. So um, yeah, we talked about, one of the things that we talked about was um, building a newsletter beforehand. So I did mm-hmm. a reader magnet and mm-hmm. you know put it up on Book Funnel and I joined you know some of those Book Funnel group promos um, and did a few, a few swaps uh, before I published mm-hmm. a new thing. And it, you know, the list is not huge even at this point, but it was decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had mm-hmm. at least somebody to, to promote it to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad it helped. I'm glad it helped. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> so much. Yeah. But uh, so the, what do you wish you knew now? I mean, what do you know now that you wish you'd known back when you started, you know, back when your YA fantasy? Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. Well, I think I, I, the major thing that I wish I had known back then was that it's very important to, keep your pen name on brand. Mm -hmm. Um, I did what a lot of newer writers do and that I was writing whatever struck my fancy, you know, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. book of my heart and then the next book of my heart. (laughs) (laughs) So they were in different, they were in different genres. I was doing them under the same pen name. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's been very advantageous for me this time to be very, very on brand. Yeah. Yeah, with the, the newsletter, the social media, the the covers, because then Just the voice of everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Amazon knows who to sell it to. Mm-hmm. People know what they're going to get when they pick up a True Taylor book. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure I confused some of those early readers by writing some new adult contemporary and some young adult fantasy. The <laughs> <laughs> name and then Amazon was like, we don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> And we should say that True has five books out. When did the last one come out? Uh, last week. Last week. That's right. Um, yeah. And they are all under 2,500 in the store right now. Most yeah. of them are under 2,000. So um, she's done very well. She's yeah. she's she's taken advice. I mean, she asked for advice. She took advice. And then she's also just smart. I mean, you know, she's not, um, she's doing what, she sees other successful people doing. So I think that's great. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I'm so happy for you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been, um, it's been super, super exciting. Um, mm-hmm. what, one of my favorite um, podcasts that y'all did was with Pippa Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, I just loved her transparency. I love her books too, but uh, she talked about how she started over and wanted mm-hmm. to do everything right from the get go. And I, I listened really hard. <laughs> I remember she had said it was her sixth book that really took off and went to the races all by itself. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was planning on. I didn't expect anything from the first release. It mm-hmm. way outperformed my expectations. I think it got to like under 800, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, stunned me. And then books, book three did even better. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And then the one that came out last week, which was book four, actually book five comes out in November. So oh, that's right. That's so there's four. four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So book four made it to number 209 mm-hmm. in the Amazon store. And it's still at 300 something. Oh, is it? Okay. I haven't checked. Yeah, I just looked. Yeah. I just looked. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So it was just crazy to watch the, the numbers on the Amazon dashboard and it's in KU, all the books are in mm-hmm. KU. So mm-hmm. um, just watch the page reads and just be like, what is happening? This right. is, you know, now are you still, how are you advertising? Like, are you still spending the same you were with that as you did with that first one? Or are you spending a little less because you have more books now 
and just spending on the first one? I'm curious. Um, I did. I did go through and look today to see. So I actually spent a little less on the first book Mm -hmm. uh, because I was trying to do accelerated Facebook ads and they just wouldn't spend my money. Yeah, I know. Um, mm. They'll spend it on your daily ads, but I cannot yeah. make those accept. So every day after day was going by. I'm like, well, I can't spend any money. Help me. Right. Um, so I finally had an ad that started running. So um, I I spent um, only during release week on that one, and then I stopped. And uh, book two, I couldn't get any ads to spend anything. I don't know what happened. Um, book three, I spent a little more. Um, I don't know if y'all want me to say numbers. <laughs> you don't. No, you no, don't no. have to. Just, but I'm just curious as to how less like, than people spend. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, from what I from what I hear from right. you know, uh, conferences and presentations I've listened to, it's 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 less. But for me, it feels like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's definitely. Um, I was prepared to lose money mm-hmm. on the first book, or maybe even a few, and I haven't. They've no. all. Yeah, they've all earned out right away, which has been great. And then this last one, I've had the best month I have ever had, including a month when I had a book bub feature deal. Oh, wow. That's, That's awesome. amazing. That's just amazing. Because your your YA pen name was successful. I mean, it wasn't that you it weren't doing well. You Yeah. So can you tell us why you, uh, I'm sorry, Sarah, I think it's your turn to ask a question. I'm just (laughs) like, tell me everything (laughs) I want to know. Well, I I think you were going to ask this one. And my question was like, why did you switch to rom-com? Because that, like you said, that's a super competitive Mm -hmm. market. Is that what you're going to ask Jamie? No. Okay. But go ahead. Well, you know, I was, that, that really is kind of what I was going to ask. Like why, since you were successful, why the switch, you know, right. why change what's working? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I knew that the smartest thing that I could do after having a successful series would be to follow it up with a similar, but different series in the same genre. Mm. I knew this. And then even mm. though I knew it, yeah. I couldn't, I really could not make myself do it. I, mm. for whatever, I may have been burned out because I had put out 10 books Two or three months apart, um, I could not come up with an idea that I wanted to write for the life of me. Even mm-hmm. though I was like, I, I need to write in this genre, right. Um, but also, what I really, really love to read is what I'm writing now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was um, saying to my, you know, I was um, every time I would finish a book, I would reward myself by getting to read contemporary romance mm-hmm. <laughs> and rom-com. And also, even though I wouldn't say my fantasy books were exceptionally dark, when you're writing urban fantasy, there is, there's always a bad guy. There's always, um, you know, life and death and save the world and, and all of this. And I was just, with 2020, I, I needed it's to too write. too much. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And I needed to be in just a, a more positive space mm-hmm. where just everything was lighter and happier. And um, that's what that's all I wanted to read. And mm-hmm. it just made me so much happier to write it. And I was sometimes I was in between those fantasy books, I would go and write a contemporary book. Oh, wow. Nope, not publish it because I knew it was mm-hmm. totally off brand. By that mm-hmm. point, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, you know, maybe I should be <laughs> writing what I really, really love to read. Yeah. And, and I have, I've been so happy that I've done that because even though it's a ton of work, mm-hmm. um, I don't ever resent it. I don't, I feel like I, I mean, I get tired, but I don't ever get exhausted by it because I'm mm-hmm. really loving what I'm doing. And I'm just, mm-hmm. as soon as I finish one, I'm super excited to work on the next one. Right. That makes me think I'm in the right place. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good sign. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Well, uh, where did you find your editor and cover? Because the cover for that first book was, I mean, they're all great. But that first cover was wowza. I mean, it just was perfect for the genre. It, it had shades of some other really successful authors, but it wasn't copying. It was exactly what you're supposed to do. So if anybody wants to look, uh, yeah. that's the bookworm and the beast, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, but yeah, where did you find your editors and your uh, cover designers? 
So I've had the same editor since the very beginning. Uh-huh. I, I just, um, I asked author friends for recommendations and then I got samples from five different editors and she and I just clicked yes. and she's, she's amazing and wonderful. Her name's Judy Roth. Mm-hmm. So she has, she's edited all my books. Um, and I've been lucky to be able to have the same person. Yes. Um, I agree. Yes. I mean, I just feel like when they know you and know, I mean, I guess there's maybe some downfall to that because they get a little complacent maybe, but it's just so nice having someone know you and know you, how you write and right. know your, your voice. I don't curl up in a ball and cry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. She can get me to do what she wants me to do. Right, right, right. Um, and so these covers, I'm almost embarrassed to say I did the cover design on them. Oh, wow. Um, and it wasn't on purpose. I really, really wanted one of the big girl cover designers. Mm-hmm. And everybody was so booked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I did buy, um, for the first time ever, I bought photos mm-hmm. from uh, photographers. Mm-hmm. I've used two different photographers. Scott Hoover did the, the picture on the first one that you like so much, Jamie. Mm-hmm. And the other is um, Eric McKinney from, I believe it's called 612 Photography. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, did shopping for exclusive images. Book three mm-hmm. is actually a stock photo. And yeah. people loved that one. It was like mm-hmm. crazy that that happened. I just saw yeah. the picture. I thought he's just so perfect for the character yeah. to go with that. Yeah. But um I, I, I never did my own covers before with my fantasy covers. I absolutely, right. you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I found, I found the two designers who did my two different urban fantasy series mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in Facebook author groups, just yeah. people recommended. And right. I went and looked at different people's work and mm-hmm. um, chose who I loved. But with, but with these, you know, I looked at the, the top sellers in the genre. I got the Kalytics report. Who's doing well mm-hmm. did all of their covers and I just, you know, did a lot of playing around and a lot of research on how can I make it look like the genre without looking exactly like anybody else's. Right. So, that's and great. that's really difficult to do. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, can you uh, explain to people what the Kalytics report is in case they don't know? Okay, I will try. <laughs> <laughs> um, that on you. Yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> really, really smart guy. <laughs> True. Really smart computer programs that track sales. I think, I think it's mostly on Amazon, if not exclusively, exclusively Mm -hmm. Amazon. Um, And it, it shows you the uh, just every detail you could want to know about who the market leaders are in each genre. Mm -hmm. And these reports come out, you know, periodically on, um, I think I just got one about like what's, what's hot in Christmas. Yeah. I I saw that one too. Yeah. Yeah. so I used to, I've, I've always done it for the different genres and um, the report will tell you even down to like what their blurb looks like. Mm-hmm. It gives you mm-hmm. their blurbs. It pricing, yeah. pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. It kind of tells, it breaks it down too into subgenres, doesn't it? And yeah. 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 So yeah. you can kind of there see. There might be an opportunity, yeah. like an underserved area. It gives you. Um, keywords mm-hmm. that people are using in their in their blurbs. Yeah, and, uh, it's just a real useful tool. Yeah. But there is a charge, correct? It is, but it's not yeah. too much. It's not bad. Nine dollars no. for an individual yeah. report, which yeah. I think is totally worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that he sometimes has some that are free, or you can mm-hmm. sign up and get yeah. some sort of report. Maybe not yeah. the specific genre yeah. you're interested yeah. in, but he does have some lead magnets for him mm-hmm. for his yeah. site. Yeah. If you're a data geek, you you will absolutely love it. <laughs> I probably utilize a tiny percentage of it because I am not smart enough to understand. <laughs> no, but somebody like Pippa Grant, she just would devour that, you know, I mean, and look at all the stuff, which is yeah. Fabulous. And then sounds, I listen to her. Yeah. So, there yeah. you go. But it sounds like you got what you needed from that to help you do the covers and kind of get your direction. And yeah. another, if you do Amazon ads, it gives you names to target. Mm, yeah. True. So I've good. Yeah. Extremely well with Amazon ads. I know Facebook ads a whole lot better. And I like BookBub ads too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I utilize them a little bit, you know, uh, right around the, the beginning of a release, you know, but um, mm-hmm. I try Amazon ads. I keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, what's been your biggest surprise with all with your new pin name? What surprised you the most? Well, I, I think the early success of it. Mm-hmm. I um, I am a big believer in positive thinking, so I'm not even going to I'm not going to do something if I'm not expecting it to be successful and taking all the steps I can possibly do to make it successful within mm-hmm. my control. Um, so I expected it to be successful, but it, it happened a faster than mm-hmm. I thought. So I'm extremely grateful in addition to being surprised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. That's a good surprise. Yeah. But I think it goes to show, <clears throat> and I'm going to tread lightly here because I used to say, ah, why? I don't, I don't really know why people are struggling. I mean, I didn't say that out loud because then no one would like me, but in <laughs> my head, I would think that, but now, because this year has been tough for a lot of people, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it universe. Like I understand, but I think it does go to show you how, how you can set yourself up. Like you can do as much as you can do. And then after that, it's kind of up to the readers and everything, but you really did all the work up front. And I think that that's what we're seeing in this new author series. The the authors that we we've talked to are the ones that really um, a lot of them have done work up front. And I think that that's so important. You know, they've learned a lot. And um, so they're not going in blind and just throwing things up. So I think that's really important. And, yeah. and I should also mention, I feel like I, you know, you helped me with our coaching session. Mm-hmm. I've had other authors from Facebook yeah. groups who um, did swaps with me. Mm-hmm. That that helps. Um, it has definitely not been a one woman show or anything. No. No. I'm, I'm super grateful for all the the help that I have received. I'm just getting involved and uh, like uh, our guest last week said, you know, getting involved in groups and being a member of the group before you're a off, you know what I'm saying? And then that, that just creates relationships. And then you can go from there as far as swaps or, or any kind of cross promo or anything like that. And it's also a whole lot more fun to do it with other people. Yes. (laughs) I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, What's been the hardest thing and what's been the best thing? Uh, The hardest thing for me was trying to write during 2020. That was, that was awful. Lord, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we the, all agree there. <laughs> yeah. I did the Clifton strengths thing. And number one for me is achievement. Number two is input. And I was taking mm. in a whole lot of input that mm-hmm. I should have been putting back out again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I had to learn to um, basically tune it out, try to do meditation and positive thinking and everything, even to be able to write at all. But my, my biggest struggle now I would say is delegating. Mm-hmm. Um, I have too much too much to do. And I'm, I'm really bad at letting other people do it. I actually hired an assistant who's amazing and I'm not letting her do anything yet. I, mm-hmm. I need to, I need to slow down enough to give her things that right. she can do it rather than be like, Oh, well, I just need to get it done. I can do it real quick. Yeah. I can do yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, th- that's a, a big shortcoming of mine that I'm trying to overcome and to work on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so have you been distracted by the success? Uh, no, I mean, I had a, I did have a few days where I was hitting that refresh button. <laughs> you, sprained, you sprained your finger? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I, I, no, I, I really, I have such tight deadlines that I don't mm-hmm. have time to yeah. sit around really and, and celebrate very much. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I do feel super happy about it. And I'm getting back to work. Right. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, and you asked the best thing. And and yes, the best thing for me is definitely that I can make a living doing something that I really Mm -hmm. love doing. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. There's a lot of work and and long hours. It's even from the beginning for me, it was never something I ever thought about quitting. Because I just Mm -hmm. want to do it until I'm 100. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's one of those jobs that you can just keep doing. You may mm-hmm. not have to continue at the same pace, but right. you know, right. as and long as we have the I'll mental. I'll make hundred if I do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, have you had to make any uh, mindset? I can't say it. We'll have this edited. So wait a second here. <laughs> have you had to make any uh, mindset shifts in your thinking? Definitely. Definitely. My, my first mindset shift was um, getting over the idea that I needed to be traditionally published yeah. to be happy mm-hmm. and successful. Mm-hmm. So shifting to the indie mindset was the, the first step. And it was, you know, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Um, that making that shift from uh, doing kind of a soft, slow launch to mm-hmm. a bigger launch in the beginning Mm-hmm. That was big for me. That was really hard for me, and I'm I'm grateful that it that it paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was you know that was a hard thing to to make myself do. And, and I think another one for me is sort of believing in myself more, mm-hmm. letting myself be me. Like I feel like I am really really writing what I want to write now, mm-hmm. the way that I want to write it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard for me for a while back, you know, back earlier in my career when I had the other pen name and I, I did write some contemporary romance, I was very worried about what other people would think <laughs> about what I was writing, Spe- specifically people in my small, deep South hometown, mm-hmm. um, and my family. And I made the mistake of letting everybody know what my pen name was, <laughs> <laughs> Then I did. I felt constrained. I was worried about being judged. And um, so shifting to basically a little bit more of an I don't care Mm -hmm. (laughs) mindset. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's tough. I think everybody has that because we're putting such, even if we're not writing like a memoir, there's still a lot of us in all our stories, even Mm -hmm. if we're writing our pen name. And so it is very, you feel, I feel vulnerable sometimes when I put things Mm -hmm. out. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is fiction, but you know that as authors, we know how much of ourselves go into the books. And so it does make us a little more vulnerable. So, but then I have to remember too, that not everybody is going to love my book and there's no way it's going to appeal to everyone, family Mm -hmm. members, friends, strangers, people on Goodreads, you know, Mm -hmm. right. That's a big mindset shift that, um, that I had to make from, you know, the time of my early books coming out till now yeah. and to where now I, I really do feel comfortable with that idea. And in the beginning, I, I hoped that every single person <laughs> would love everything that I wrote. And mm-hmm. an author friend of mine had told me something really helpful about reading reviews is that when you finish the book and put it out, your part is done. Mm-hmm. It's not about you anymore. Now it's about them. Mm-hmm. It kind of becomes their property. And mm-hmm. it's also about them in that whatever they bring to the book is what it is for their experience. Like they right. could read the same book five years apart mm-hmm. and have a totally different reaction to it depending on what they're going through. Right. And you right. have no control over that. So right. you just That's put so that true. It's so hard though, but it is, that is very, very true. It's really hard. Well, uh, tell me about, you've mentioned it a couple of times, but like, how do you keep this positive attitude? Like you, I mean, do you meditate? Do you, um, are you an affirmations person? I am. I am at the risk of just sounding like a big old dork. I, (laughs) I do, I do affirmations every day and I, I sort of grew up with it. My, my mom was very big into positive thinking and had us listen mm-hmm. to, uh, at the time, cassette tapes, you know, mm-hmm. from speakers about that kind of thing and um, visualizing and goal setting and, right. ex- you know, setting expectations and believing that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did kind of get away for, for, from it for a while, but I had to get back to it during mm-hmm. the early days of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to, let's see, I went to a workshop before where a psychologist um, talked about, uh, you know, positive mindset and writing. And I had bought her book and a CD came with it that I started using for meditation pre-writing. And I think it was called, the book is called Thinking Right, 
W-R-I-T-E. Mm-hmm. So it came with that. The CD was, it's like guided meditation, basically helping you relax and then right. give yourself positive messages about how your writing session is going to go. Right. So I started doing that every day and it was really the only thing that could get me settled down enough to write. Hmm. And then I'm always reading some kind of a positive thinking book. Yeah. I, I recently read Soundtracks by John Acuff and he has this little, he calls it the new anthem and it's sort of a, a list, kind of a little mantra thing that you start out every day saying, and he just mm-hmm. basically challenges you to say it every day for 30 days, right? See how it goes. And it really helped me. Hmm. Yeah. Was I was just going to say, I don't think anybody's oh. going to think you're a dork for no. being into positive thinking. Mm-hmm. And because like, if we can't control our thoughts and if we're always going to a dark, sad place, that's just not good for creativity. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not really, your thoughts are the only thing you can control. Exactly. Yeah. Living in, there's so much that's out of our control. And, you know, yeah. it, it's easy to get sucked into it. And I say that as somebody who absolutely did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to suck myself right back out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <I was> done. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, I, I would have told you that I am a super positive person. Like I would have told you that I would have probably fought you on it, but you don't know how negative you are until you really make an effort to be positive. And then I'm like, dang, I am a negative Nelly for sure. And when I think about it, and my daughter edits this podcast, so she's probably going to laugh. But um, when I think about like, I grew up in a family that has they're from a small town and I, I adore them all, but they, there's a lot of limited thinking there. Like she will tell you that you can only be a teacher or a flight attendant. I mean, you know, that, those are your two choices sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I brought, even though I recognize that after I left, I still held on to some of that. Like, I'm glad that my kids do not have that kind of limited thinking. I mean, they, they have gone beyond what, what I have, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to like, just think, well, I probably shouldn't do that anyway. You know, that kind of thing. Or, and you have to make a real effort to pull yourself, especially if you grew up in in a family that does have limited thinking like that to pull yourself out. And then with everything else going on around us, you know, you really have to, you have to work at it. I mean, it's for some people, I guess it comes naturally, but I don't know. I don't know. I surprised myself by how, how negative I got and how much I allowed everything that was happening externally to pull me down, which is yeah. why I, I sort of doubled down on my efforts to, to be mm-hmm. positive. And one of the things that in John Acuff's little list of your daily things you say is the best response to obstacles is to do it anyway. Yeah. And that has yeah. absolutely been put to the test this this year. And the, these months that I have been putting out these books, rapid release have been unbelievable with all the stuff that has happened mm-hmm. in our lives. And, it, you know, I'm so glad that I at least have that to, I always say to myself, everything is always working out for me. Mm-hmm. And people around me now laugh every time. I say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. But I say that because you know, it's either going to work out or not work out. And I choose for it to work out. And the best response to obstacles is to do it anyway. And that's what I've been doing with these um, book a month things with all of this. There's just been so much crazy stuff going on in our personal lives too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's in a hotel right now because her front yard caught on fire. I mean, y'all, she's she's dedicated. And um, but I think that that's awesome. Yeah, I do too. And I think that mindset is so important, so critical. And yeah, if you can get your mindset in the right place, you can do a lot. So my other question that I wanted to ask is when when did your book one come out in this new pen name? What when did it release? July 27. Yeah. Of this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you are living proof that you can start a new pen name mm-hmm. and be successful in 2021. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, a lot of people feel like, oh, the ship has sailed. It's too late. But if you have a plan and know what you're marketing and your branding, if you do all the the work, it is possible to do really well, which is a great thing. Yes, I've been I have a few newer authors that I've been 
talking with and encouraging them that you absolutely can, you absolutely can still do it. There's still so much opportunity. And I think, I just think it's going to keep on growing. Mm-hmm. You know, more people are into eBooks now than ever. More people are into audiobooks. Yeah. Um, more people need an escape from the real world. Yeah. People, I've taken a few plane fright flights recently. Everybody on board was reading. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, there is opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's great. So what do you think, what do you think the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success is? For me, the number one thing was learning to be a good writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really working on the craft because mm-hmm. I think no matter how much money you might spend on a release, if it's not a good book, right. you get horrible reviews and people are not compelled to read anything else you've written. You're just dead in the water right there. Correct. I think the best thing I ever did was really study craft and, and work as hard as I could to be the best writer I could. And I took, you know, my favorite writer's books and broke them down, like wrote in the paper book, paperback books, marking the scenes. Like this mm-hmm. is a scene. This is another right. scene. This mm-hmm. is, another, you know, to figure out how many scenes does it take to make a book? What <laughs> right. should keep doing from scene to scene to make me right. keep on reading, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like craft That's is awesome. like the foundation, you know, if you have that good foundation, then you can build all the marketing and yeah. advertising everything on top of that. But if you don't have that, it's really hard. You can make it, you don't have the same potential. Yeah. And I think other than that, writing in a series mm-hmm. and uh, this series is interconnected standalones. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it pleases people who like standalones and series. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it also it makes it, it makes it easier to know what book I want to write next. Right. Right. And what book I'm going to write six books from now. I already, you know, have a plan for the, for all of that. I never have to wonder, Oh gee, what should I do? What should I follow mm-hmm. this up with? Mm-hmm. Gives me an, a place for me to go and a place for the readers to go. If they find one of these books and like it, then they have mm-hmm. other, you know, other books ready made for them to turn to. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So I do have, that was supposed to be our last question, but I have another question. <laughs> so having grown up in RWA, how do you turn how do you turn off your editing brain to be able to write these books so fast? Do you so know what I'm saying? Yes. yes. Um, okay. So I, I learned from the beginning that for me, and everybody's different, mm-hmm. for me, it's best to do a fast first draft. Mm-hmm. So I'm a major plotter. Mm-hmm. I plot out down to the scene level. And it doesn't ruin the experience for me. It just makes it more exciting because I know, I feel like I've got a roadmap in my hands and even if the GPS fails me, (laughs) I will know where to go, you know? Right, 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 right. So yeah, the books, you know, they change somewhat as I actually write them, but Mm -hmm. I I never feel lost. I never worry about a saggy middle or anything like that. And it helps me write really fast. I can write a first draft in three weeks. Oh, and then it wow. takes yeah. two, two more weeks of going back and doing, mm-hmm. you know, making the make it pretty drafts. Right. Right. Um, and it good. helps me. Yes. We all have that inner editor and she mm-hmm. wants to speak up. And mm-hmm. I just say, Nope, I don't have time for you because I mm-hmm. am drafting fast. Mm-hmm. I will worry about you next draft, you know? <laughs> so you are your, are your drafts shorter than your, um, yeah. I mean, do you, you write short and then edit long kind of thing. Okay. Yes. That's my cool. first drafts are mostly uh, there are a lot of dialogue mm-hmm. and um, a lot of detail. I will, you know, fill in later. Second, yeah, doing my yeah. second draft. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like my first draft sometimes will be talking heads in a room. <laughs> yeah. you know? And the second draft is like, what are they doing while they're yeah. talking? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. do they do with their hands? I always say. Right. Yeah. 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 Very good. Well, this has been awesome. I have loved talking to you. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, My website is Mm truetaylor.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram if anybody wants to come chat with me. And that's true T-R-U. Right. Uh, Yeah, I should say that. Mm T-R-U-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. I love your podcast. Thank you. Oh, well, thanks for coming on. It's been Thank great you. to talk to you and yeah, it's been so fun. your success. We're so happy for you. Yeah. Thank congratulations. You. Yeah. So we'll have all those links at wish I'd known then podcast.com. 
Thanks for listening today. And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.